I am really excited to help more people see life for what it could be in three years while earning the same average income as a police officer, nurse, concrete worker. I was able to take 86 flights, buy two real estate investment properties, complete a treadmill marathon, do a bodybuilding show, and cross off 252 other dreams. My first year with my dreams, was I crossed off four dreams, and then I crossed off 38, and then I crossed off 83. Last year, I crossed off 135. So far this year, I've crossed off 90. And this was as a 20, 21, and 22-year-old starting during the pandemic. I've been working to learn the skills in the game and I study all the vector greats. I've been grinding at this since early 2020, late 2019. I'm like the lunch pail guy in a football team. I'm the first one in the office. I'm the last one out. I turn the lights off. The faster that I could turn positive actions into subconscious habits, my life was bound to become great. I feel that I deserve it because I've, I've worked for it. Alex Funk is living his dream life, and it's all by design. He takes the time to identify all of his dreams, both big and small. Then he intentionally crafts them into his plans for each new year. He achieves most of his goals by applying many strong habits, and he strives to bring all of his learnings to his team, where he is building one of the strongest districts in the Cutco Vector Marketing sales organization. Alex shares all of this and more in this informative and inspirational conversation. Get ready for what will surely become one of your favorite CLSK episodes ever. This is my long-awaited conversation with Alex Funk. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I know that our listeners are going to be super excited about today's episode because we have one of the true rising stars of the Cutco Vector management team as our guest today, Mr. Alex Funk. Alex started in the Cutco Vector business in January of 2019. He had a $12,500 fast start, was a two-time college All-American with uh, over $154,000 in career personal sales in a very short amount of time. He became a branch manager in 2020, sold $286,000 as a branch, became the pilot manager with Dane Espigard in Minneapolis in 2021, and they had a legendary year, over $800,000 in new business for the year, over $4.7 in total business in the office, both silver cups, and that total business number is the all-time record, which still stands right now. Alex then became a district manager in 2022 and was number two in the nation in the silver cup race. This year, Alex and his team are number two in the Rising Star League, number four in the overall total business category for district managers, and number four in the district team category. Alex is about to surpass $1 million in sales for the year in his office. That's going to happen right about the time this episode comes out. And he has seven to 10 new managers 
lined up to deploy in 2024. So he is going to rock the district team competition in the future. Having worked with Dane, Alex is a great student of the Dreams List concept. He has checked off at least 300 of his own dreams over the past few years. He's writing a book about it, and he's checking off one here today by appearing on this podcast. Alex Funk, I'm fired up to have you here, man. Let's go. I appreciate being on. This is a dream on my dreams list. I'm super excited about this. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to sit down and chat. All right. Tell us how you got started selling Cutco. So the story that I tell about my start selling selling Cutco is I went to Minnesota State Mankato because they have a lot of connections with the Minnesota Vikings. So I'm a huge Vikings fan. And within one week of going to school there, I actually got a job with the Minnesota Vikings. So this was like, before I had a dreams list, this was dream come true. And that job was one Sunday every other week or so, anytime there was a home game. And this was my college freshman year fall job. And within a month or two, I realized, wait a minute, I actually need to earn some income. Like working once every two weeks, that's not really going to cut it. So I had my eyes looking for a job. But by the time winter break rolled around, one of the guys I met freshman year in the dorms, he said, hey, my manager is doing some trainings over winter break. Do you want to hear more about the job? I was like, well, well, what is the job? And he said, it's selling Cutco knives. And I I left the conversation. I called my mom. I said, hey, mom, what? were those knives on the counter my whole life? And she's like, Cutco? I was like, Cutco? Yes. I was like, Cutco knives. And so I went back to my friend. I said, I'll hear about it. And his manager came to, basically came to my dorm, Casey Fenelon, my original manager, pitched me on the job in two to three minutes. I was sitting there with another guy from my hometown. And I didn't want to say out loud, like, I'm in, let's do this. Because I didn't want him to be in too and like take all my customers. <laughs> so I texted my friend Caleb Sin and I said, tell your manager, Casey, I'm in. I'm, I'll be in the first training he's doing, whatever. And so the day after Christmas, I drove three hours from my t- hometown of Pierce, Minnesota. I drove three hours to do an in-person satellite training with Casey Fenelon and five other people basically in like the closet of an escape room building. I tried to quit training a couple of times. I had very little confidence in myself when I was sitting in that room and Casey would not let me quit. He wouldn't let me leave. He kept telling me how great I was going to be. And I didn't really believe it, but I just kept doing what he said because I drove three hours to be there. I finished training and and I went out and sold $12,500 of Cutco in my first 10 days. And I have a lot of stories within that fast start and a lot of things that happened within uh, my first couple of weeks. But I went back to school. That was my winter break. So I sold $20,000 of Cutco, won a trip to Jamaica. Uh, I get back to school and everybody's like, what What have you been up to? I was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't even know what just happened. It, it all happened so fast. And yeah, that, wow. that was the beginning of my Cutco days. Amazing. So you sold 20 grand in January. You won the region trip, went to Jamaica. Incredible start. Tell us some of the stories and lessons that you feel like stand out from either the fast start or any time throughout that first year, Alex. So when I started selling Cutco, I definitely felt like I wasn't in the right room. Like I felt like, what am I thinking? Who am I to be trying a sales job or or something like that? But as the years go on, and I just remember key times throughout my life where people will comment on my Facebook, my Cutco Facebook posts or something like that. In kindergarten, I my dream job was to sell cars. In high school, I I sold carbles boards, like a card game. Basically, I made these boards in woodshop class and sold them. There was a giant cutting board scandal my senior year. I was trying to get orders from the teachers and was going to mass produce these cutting boards that got boxed because of taxes and whatnot. But there were a lot of moments in my life where I was definitely being entrepreneurial, and I just didn't recognize that. I also mm. failed to recognize my dad's an entrepreneur. My whole life, I thought my dad's an electrician, but the reality is he started his own electrical company when I was like two years old. So he could be closer to home and didn't have to drive a couple hours to work. And so I've been around entrepreneurship. I just don't think I recognized it. My mom works at the local school district, but she also sold 
like storybooks, digital storybooks for a while. And so those things have always been in my life. I didn't realize that until I really was going down the Cutco path. But when I started the job, some things that stick out, obviously driving three hours to training, staying with my manager who I just met, it was all such a blur. And then I was at $12,500 in Dane Aspigard. That's when I met Dane. He called me and he said, Hey, just so you know, if you sell $20,000 by the end of the week, so if you sell another 7,500 bucks, you get to go with to Jamaica. And I know I didn't have a passport. His trip was in like three weeks, never left the country. I was the guy who said I was a homebody. I got homesick. Like I didn't want to go on the trip, but it was a challenge. And I, my manager, Casey's like, you got to go for it. Worst case scenario, you went a trip to freaking Jamaica. I was like, okay. And so I went all out that week. I got a call back the night before the deadline, like on the last night, uh, Lil Poe Camp. She called me and she bought a flatware chest and a homemaker, put me over 20K. And I basically had a week and a half to get a passport to go to Jamaica. So that winning that trip changed everything because it forced me to go to Urine Banquet. When I went to Urine Banquet, I was surrounded by all of these young professionals and as I sat in the room, I really felt like I do belong in this room. Like that mm. was when I started realizing I love this. I love sales. I love business. I love putting on this suit. Like I grew up in a small farm town of a thousand people. And so that wasn't a path I ever saw for myself. But when I was there, my sister came as my plus one, brought her best friend, Madison as like my plus two. And I remember they were, Bruce Goodman was in the room, uh, gave a speech and it was awesome. And they recognized somebody for, getting a BMW. And my, my sister's friend, Madison looked at me and she's like, do you get a BMW? I was like, someday. And I basically, I basically called my shot. Like I'm going to be here long enough to be a branch manager, get a BMW, like all the things. And it's kind of played out like that. The last story I have from when I first started that, that I still hold on to is it was looking back, it was really cool to reconnect with people that, and spend that time with them in those appointments that I might not have spent that time with. I think about one of my best friends, Colton, uh, his dad, Neil, was one of my, I think he was my fifth appointment. I showed him on Monday and I left training, I think on, on Saturday. And I walked in, he already had a signature set of Cutco. It was like, you know, one of our bigger sets. And I was defeated, Dan. I was like, no, this was going to be a big sale. I could feel it, but he already bought a big set. And he bought, he ended up buying like, I think $500 of Cutco from me. And every time I saw him for the next year and a half, he brought up the knives. He's like, Al, you know, I love my knives. Unfortunately, he, he passed away in an accident. And so I bring up that story because I, I just think about all of the people that I got to connect with and reconnect with. And it's left that moment. Like anytime I think about Neil and I think about my fast start, like those connections are really strong. And it's really cool to go back home, see all these people that bought Cutco for me and are like, Hey, we love our knives. And just thinking what those first appointments has led to for me, they don't know that impact, but it's been, Cutco has changed my life. And so I, I am getting kind of emotional talking about it, but it really has. And that's why I, I love running training every week because who's ever in training, learning how to sell, like those initial appointments that we call practice appointments, they make a huge difference. So yeah, anybody who's bought Cutco for me that's listening to this, I appreciate you spending time sitting down, fake laughing at my jokes. And I know you love your knives and, and I appreciate that you helped me out with my entrepreneurial journey like that. Yeah, incredible. Great stuff, Alex. When did you first like really start connecting with Dane as your primary mentor? Dane, because I started in a satellite branch office is like a winter break and then he was closed. So I went back to school and I remember Dane reaching out. I had sold nothing after Jamaica for like two weeks. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be like the superstar now. Like, what am I? And he called me. He, he basically was, and this is what Dane has always been great at. He just offered me a ton of perspective. He's like, hey, we don't expect you to sell 20 grand every week. I'm like, you don't? Okay, good. Because I've got classes going on. And he right away kind of took over that role of, always giving me perspective. And that spring break, I, Dan, had never asked for recommendations on appointments because I was like, I know everybody in this town. I don't need recommendations. So I never asked. That spring, I was, I would think I was at like $30,000 in sales. I felt like I was running out of people to call. And I called, or I texted Dane. He called me. 
And he's like, Alex, you can either get good at recommendations, study that and get good at it, or you can just give up and be done selling Cutco. And I was like, that lit a fire under me, Dan. I was like, I'm not ever getting less than 15 recommendations again. And so that summer, 44 out of 46 of my next appointments, I got 15 or more recommendations. I studied it. I got good at it. And, and from that point on, I, I never needed people to call. I always had referrals. And so that's how Dean has always been with me. He's, it's always been basically like, step up. I know you can do this, giving me perspective. But he took over that role really fast, like right away in my Cutco journey. Awesome. And tell us a little bit about how your relationship with Dane has evolved and and just what kind of contact you have with him, how you follow his guidance to this day. Yeah, Dane is, I mean, he started out in my life as kind of like a father figure as the division manager. But I mean, now, almost five years later, he's like, he is, I would say, up there in top three greatest mentors in my life, right up there with, I would say, my own dad. And now it's cool because of what we talk about, it's now conversations about like, we just had a conversation about this investment property and doing a deal and what would this cash flow and equity have to look like. And so the converse and relationships, you know, he helps me a lot with my relationship and my relationships with my family. There are so many people that have left their footprint on my life in in Cutco that I could give a shout out to. And I think about like Mike Habucky, I, I worked with him for a year learning how to be a great recruiter and Austin Oberbillig teaching me how to develop a CSP layer and Rob Brandt teaching me how to develop that second layer after the fast start. Robert Wicks was my first sales mentor and coach. Uh, I think about all of the people that I listen to on Vector Connect. I feel like Drew Frank is w- one of my top mentors. I've talked to him a handful of times, but I've listened to the one thing on Vector Connect probably a thousand times listening to all the old greats like Mark Lovis with Flip the Switch or your audios, Dan. I know the the listeners, a lot of them don't know. Dan, I'm a, I'm about to cross a million dollars or we're about to cross a million dollars. I'm pretty sure you did it 13 times in a row. I heard that on a, one of the audios I listened to. But yeah, there have been so many mentors that have played a big part of my Cutco journey. I definitely just missed some right there. Nick Decker for sure, teaching me how to treat Cutco like a business. But Dane... Dane has always been, I almost shouldn't have started listing off people's names because I definitely forgot some people, but Dane has always been my backbone. Anytime I, I get advice from people, Dane is always my filter. And I go straight to Dane and I say, hey, I'm thinking about implementing this program or this strategy, or I learned this thing from this person. And he's able to give me perspective from his own perspective, his own mistakes. He talks about all the time. And what I love about Dane, I can tell he cares so deeply about me uh, and just what's best for me. And I just talked to Connor Marita this week, uh, another original mentor in my Cutco journey. And Connor, is, I asked him about something with life. And he said, that's what I love about Dane. He said, when Connor left the business, Dane was the first one to say, I think this is right for you. I think you're doing the right thing. And I love that with Dane. It never feels like there's a secret agenda. It's always, hey, what do you want? Let's talk about your vision. Let's talk about your roadmap, your timeline teaches me to have date night with Anna, teaches me how to live out loud with my people, that life's supposed to change and life's supposed to be hard. And those are lessons that I've learned from Dane that I can now reteach to my people and yeah, continue to evolve that relationship with Dane has been has been awesome. So great to have someone like him that you sort of lucked into coming into contact with, right? I mean, you could have it could have been any any other person in Vector, and Dane was the right person in the right place at the right time for you. You were introduced to his dreams list concept early on, and I know that this has been a huge factor in your life and your success. Tell us about uh, the dreams list concept and how you use it. The dreams list, I mean, I'm smiling because it it really has gamified my life. Like I... What I love about Vector is Vector has given me a lot of purpose and confidence. And especially being somebody who grew up as a middle child and middle cousin, and my cousins went on to play college sports and I didn't. And I wasn't a starter on my, on my, uh, you know, high school football team that won state twice. And I always kind of felt like, I always felt like I didn't really have a place or purpose. And then even when I started with Cutco, I was selling a lot of Cutco and I was the number one rep in the division my first year. And still, I didn't feel like I had like 
that kind of purpose. And then in 2019, my first year selling Cutco, Dane introduced the dreams list. And right away, I was, I was intrigued by it, but that was 2019. It wasn't until 2020 that I took the dreams list and really started running with it. I like to, to how I explain the dreams list to people is in three years, uh, while earning the same average income as a police officer, nurse, concrete worker, I was able to take 86 flights, buy two real estate investment properties, complete a treadmill marathon, do a bodybuilding show, and cross off 252 other dreams. And this was as a 21, a 20, 21, and 22-year-old starting during the pandemic. And so to have that type of life after mm. growing up in a town of 1,000 people and dropping out of college and I would say nobody's as surprised at how my life has been turning out than me. I think I surprise myself often when I look back and just reflect on everything I've been able to create. But I also take ownership of, I've designed all of it. I design every step of my life and I know exactly where I'm going at all times in every area. That has come from the dreams list. And so when I say that, I live my dream life every day with, full authenticity. Like that's no joke. That's not, I, I feel my life is so great. You asked me when we hopped on Dan, like how's life? I can't lie. My life is awesome. And I know that for some people that creates jealousy or anger or skepticism as a kid growing up in a small town, that would have made me feel like screw you, you know, but I know that there's people that that does inspire. And so for those people that are open to being inspired and designing their dream life, the dreams list, which came from Dane, being funneled to me has changed my life in a lot of really great ways. Yeah. Even Alex, if it doesn't inspire someone, if it, if it creates some, I'm not going to say jealousy because I, I, I do think there are people that will have jealousy and that that's kind of very petty, but what it does when you say those things, I think that a lot of people will, will hear that and will, will say, well, gosh, I'm not experiencing that. I want to experience that. And it at least gets people thinking, right? What can I be doing differently, right? How can I change or evolve? How can I be better so I get more of what I want? So, and I guess that is a, a version of inspiration, right? It gets people to, to think about a different path that is a, is a better path when they see you doing all these amazing things. So it's really cool. I learned about the audio, The Strangest Secret from Colton Horn, another mentor who's taken a lot of time with me on calls, Cutco mentor that I didn't mention. But Colton introduced me to The Strangest Secret, Earl Nightingale, 1956 audio. I've listened to it again, probably a hundred times. And what I love about that audio is that it, it came out in 1956. That was 70 years ago. It's still so true today. If someone doesn't define success for themselves, there's no way they will be successful because they're not going anywhere. And so what the dreams list has been able to do for me is I have these targets at all times in my health, in my wealth, in my Cutco business. And so it gives me nine categories and Cutco is only one of those. And so when I say that the dreams list gives me a backbone, it also gives me a lot of perspective that my job's not everything. And am I actually being intentional in this area? And if I'm not being intentional, then I'm on autopilot. And unfortunately, I see people on autopilot all the time. And I, I do feel bad that they don't have a dreams list. My, I've made my life mission. It's, I believe everyone should have a dreams list because I, I truly feel that way. And like you were just saying, I don't think a lot of people are even dreaming. And I think that people who start dreaming think that they can't actually pursue those dreams until they have more money or more time. And I hope that my life and my situation and everything that I try to put out into the world, I hope that it shows that dream achievement and creating the life of your dreams. It's not about bankroll. It's not about the time freedom. It's about being very intentional and creating habits uh, and routines and environment that's aligned with what you want. But you can't do that if you don't know what you want. If you don't have a target, you can't get there. And so the dreams list for sure has exposed me to a life of truly a life of design. Yeah. I think a lot of our listeners, Alex, have done the dreams list at least one time, whether it was at an event or their division manager teaches the things that Dane teaches in their 
Leadership Academy program. But what about on an ongoing basis? How often are you reviewing your dreams list? How do you add to it? Just what are some of the ways that you're developing your list? Yeah, that is a great question because I know that a lot of people do have a dreams list, especially people in Vector, if they've been exposed to Dane's workshop or their own division or region manager doing a workshop, because I know this originally came from Matthew Kelly at at an SLC and other people have done this. Even my mom, I think it's funny, as I keep living the whole dreams list thing out loud more and more and more, my mom said to me one of the times I was home last, she said, hey, I... I actually had a dreams list. There was a guy at a workshop one time for my storybooking. And I I asked her and I've asked other people, if you had it, why didn't you pull it up more? Like what held you back from actually crossing off more dreams? And for a lot of people, it, they, it just never stayed top of mind. And so even for myself, my first year with my dreams list, I crossed off four dreams. And now over the last four years, I have created new systems that allow me to cross off more dreams. So the first year I crossed off four, uh, and then I crossed off 38, and then I crossed off 83. Last year, I crossed off 135. So far this year, I've crossed off 90. Well, now 91 for being on here today. But here's my strategy. Every December, so between Christmas and New Year's, and then at the end of every summer, because Cutco is predominantly a a summer business. So at the end of every summer and at the end of every year, I'll sit down with my dreams list, which now has over 1400 dreams on it. It's just a book of things that someone says and I write it down or I hear from someone I write. Anytime we do a dreams list exercise, I steal as many as I possibly can from everybody in the room. And I have this list of 1400 dreams now. Every December and then every August, I sit down and I go through what are the ones that I might possibly cross off in the next six months? And I, I make a copy and I delete, it's on a spreadsheet. I delete all the ones I might not cross off in the next six months. Then I have a list of 300-ish that I look at and I put them literally into a timeline. So I just did this last month. I made September, October, November, December, January, and I plugged all 300 dreams into this timeline. Then once I have the timeline, I actually build them into my Google calendar. So this was Mm. a lot of the stuff I learned about time management. I learned listening to this podcast, by the way. Uh, I can't remember what great vector woman, Kathy Christen, maybe. Someone had mentioned that they planned their campaigns first. So what I do, I take my dreams that I want to cross off in that timeline. I actually plug them into the calendar. Then I plan my campaign like my work calendar, my vector calendar around the dreams that are already in the Google calendar. Once I've planned my campaign with recruiting plans and staff schedules, then all I have to do is I can just execute the calendar week by week. And every week I do check in every Sunday night, I check into my dreams list just to see, are there little ones that I can kind of like catch over here or things like get up, uh, you know, do cryotherapy or get a pedicure one time was on my dreams list. So little ones like that, where it's like, hey, I could actually go pick that one up this week. Or I just got a tattoo with my two guys, Jared and Juju, shout out to them, who've been with me since day one of building our district. But we got a tattoo together. That was on my dreams list for a long time. We, we were all home, we had time. And because it was top of mind, because I look at the list every week, it was like, hey guys, we're all here. Let's go get that tattoo. They're down, boom, dream crossed off. Um, <laughs> That's my strategy. That's how I execute it. Start big and then like work my way in on the calendar. Amazing. How does this focus enable you to be so intentional and focused with your vector goals? I think that what the dreams list has done for me is it has helped me recognize that vector is not my one area. And so by having dreams in all areas, So health, wealth, happiness, legacy, creative skills, money, Cutco is on there, or finance, career. By having all these areas, it helps me realize that Cutco is a piece of my puzzle, but it's not not the puzzle. And so my life is my puzzle. And this was something that Austin Oberbillig told me last year. He spent a ton of time taking me under his wing for no reason other than Vector people are awesome that way. And what he told me was a lot of people allow themselves to be defined by their sales weeks, whether it's on the sales report or whatever, and they forget they're building a career. And I took that one step further as I meditated on it or thought about it and 
a lot of people are so focused on the, their career, they forget that they're living a life. And so I put on my wall in my bedroom in Sharpie, probably could have did this a little smarter, but I'm gonna have to paint over it. But I wrote, I wrote that quote down and I see it every time I go home is that my office and our district that we're building and our team and our, our results as a in the St. Paul area here, that's a piece of who I am, but that's not my identity. My identity is not my cucko business. And so I think the dreams list gives me that, which is a lot of energy that goes right into my cucko business, which is where I put most of my focus and most of my time. Mm, amazing. I love it. Super, super inspiring, Alex. I pulled up my list while you were talking <laughs> and uh, just looking over some of the things that I've got on my list. And it's, it's cool just to see. And I definitely have adopted this concept. I mean, I remember when Matthew Kelly spoke. Matthew Kelly spoke in 2007 at SLC in Orlando, Florida. And he said, you got to have 100 dreams. He had everybody write down 100 dreams while he was speaking that day in the room. And I remember I wrote down 101 because I was like, I'm going to have one more than everybody else. I wrote down 101 things. And then I kind of cast it aside. I didn't think about it. And then sometime later, I believe it was a year later, somebody brought it up and I looked back at my list and I, I had accomplished 17 of the things on the list. And that was by accident. I mean, I wasn't plugging them into my Google calendar the way you have. Just by identifying things though, it brought more attention to what it is I really wanted to do. And I started to become more intentional about activities I was engaging in, places I was going to, right? Other things I was doing, things I wanted for myself that were on the dreams list. I just became more intentional about it versus, as you were saying, living on autopilot, which is what I think so many other people do. So I just, I really love the intentionality around this. And there's just so much good stuff here for sure. One more thing on that, that I think is important for everyone to recognize is that this was a conversation we just had this week we were having in our house. So me and Jared and Juju and a couple other guys, we all live together in the dream house. But we were talking about the true currency of life is time. It's not money. And so I think most people have this flipped with their perspective that time is abundant and money is scarce. And the reality is it, that is opposite. Money is abundant. Money is everywhere. They keep printing more money. It, you got to turn your money faucet on. I've done a lot of work around that and read a lot of books about that. And time will run out. Everybody's time will run out. And so if we're not intentional with both time and money, it gets lost. And so I think this is a concept I learned from Dane. Before you can manage anything, whether it's managing your emotions, managing your money, managing your time, managing your relationships, first, there has to be a level of awareness in that area. And so with the dreams list, that is the awareness of here's where I actually, in my heart, this is where I want to put that time, which leads to awareness of here's where I've been putting that time, scrolling on Instagram or doing things that aren't productive or doing this job I don't enjoy. And so it brings this awareness of, okay, now, I, now that I have this awareness, I can plug it into my calendar. I can manage this or I could actually work on this. So I think that's an important lesson that I've learned from Vector and from Vector people that I apply and that I want more people to, you know, understand that autopilot is a, is a dangerous thing and it's an easy thing to fall into. Yeah. Great, great concepts, Alex. I really appreciate that. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about your success as a district manager here at Vector. I know the dreams concept will tie in a little bit here, but you've uh, built an amazing team. You've got seven to 10 managers slated to deploy next year, three DMs and somewhere between four and seven branches. That is just incredible. And you're you know, a top performer in every competitive category that you're in in the company right now. Tell us a little bit about how this success and this culture has unfolded in your organization. So when I opened my office, I wanted to be very conscious from the beginning that this wasn't my office, this was our office. And so when I talk about the vision that I have in every area of my life, health, wealth, happiness, creative relationships, Cutco, Cutco is one of those things. That's my life vision. So the Cutco part of that, for me, 
I look at it, that's a we thing. So even when I went out to build my office last year, from the beginning with Jared and Juju and Becca and Josh and like those first people that were a part of what we're building here, it was always, hey, this is a we thing and this is us. And I never say it's my office or my success or like I'm doing great. It's always we because that's how I look at it. Our team is our team and our results are our results. And one, I think they feel that and I really, I know they know that. And so that I think creates a really fun environment to be a part of is this is St. Paul, uh, the St. Paul dynasty. Like that's our, we have a logo, we have a mission, we have a, and everything was created before I even opened up. When I was pilot, I was throwing ideas around for names of the office and roles for people. And so this for me was a really fun thing to build because my dream in life always was to be the general manager of the Minnesota Vikings. Now it's be the owner of the Vikings. Someday I'm going to have enough net worth and enough money. I'm going to get into sports ownership. I'm eventually going to buy the Vikings from the Wolf family. And that's what this district feels like for me. It's So it's one, it's understanding for me that this isn't my thing. This is our thing. We're doing this together. And then the other part of that is just like I have areas of my life that are very personal to me, so do all of my people. And so I think about, I'll take Patrick Forsyth. Patrick, shout out to Patrick. He started selling Cutco just about a year ago. Patrick, perfect example of somebody who, Patrick is an individual in our organization. Patrick has his own health goals, wealth goals, happiness, relationship, creative, and Cutco. And so I feel that my duty as a leader is to help Patrick understand that, hey, Cutco is just a part of this puzzle also. And so we talk very often on key staffs or on one-on-one conversations about, hey, how are things going in your health life? Patrick is a former college athlete. He doesn't have sports anymore. You know, how are workouts going? Like, how are you doing with eating food? Like, are you putting the right things in your body? Wealth-wise, me and Patrick have had talk conversations about real estate investing and saving money and building his withholdings. Happiness, we've talked about what he likes to do for fun and his relationship. He has an awesome girlfriend. Uh, Bell, I think about his other relationships. I know his family in Florida, California. I've met his parents. They've flown up here. They were actually at the dream house. They swung by. I got to meet them, went to church with them. I know Patrick loves to be a photographer, creative side of things. Cutco, he sold almost $100,000 since last September. Patrick is a unique individual with a lot of vision on our team. And so all of the individuals on our team, I think they all, thanks to me having such clear vision, I'm able to then help them see what do you want from this? How long do you want to be here? And so this is something I learned from Andrew Nickerson. So another ment- random Cutco mentor of mine who took time to, to teach me some things. He taught me how to do a, a true napkin talk, like a sit-down timeline. And so I remember day 11 of Patrick's Fast Start. And this is all of the people on our team. I drove to his college. We sat down. I met him in person. And I drew out one year, two years from now. And I, I showed him some examples. Hey, Patrick, this was my path here. This was Jared's path here and Juju's path here and Josh. And Patrick, are you okay with me just showing you? This doesn't have to happen, but are you okay with me just showing you what I could see for you and what I could see you doing with us? And he said, yes. And I showed him, you know, this winter, you're going to win a trip. And next summer, you're going to be an assistant manager in our office and you're going to sell a hundred grand. And then I'm going to line you up with a, a, a mentor or a coach and we're going to get you to the next level. And then we're going to, you're going to run a branch the next summer. And that's what I could see happening for you. So I think just getting vision to people as fast as possible helps them see why they're here. And when someone who's 18, 19, 20, 21, I think about myself when Dane was able to give me that as a 19 year old, where else would I go? So I think about the people in our district, why would they leave? Where, Mm. where are they going to, where are they going to get that? They're not. So I take a lot of pride in, we teach a lot of skills. Our team meetings have skills. We do a rising stars workshop every single week. We try to PC every person every week on our team, but my key staff is not Cutco skill-based. My key staff is always things I'm learning from mentors in my life. So coaches or people in my communities, time management, money management, money mindset hacks, energy management, things I'm picking up at the Tony Robbins stuff, I you know the event I went to or the Champ Dev retreats, all of the things I'm learning, I'm trying to funnel right back into my people so that 
it's bigger than Cutco. Being a part of the St. Paul dynasty, like it's bigger than Cutco and they know that. And so why would they go anywhere? And that's that's my my take on building a big thriving district team is make it the place that everybody wants to be. And for some people, it's not the right fit and don't hold too tight. Don't hold on to people too tight. If they're not the right fit, that's totally fine. Like let, let them walk because there's going to be people that latch onto the culture that you want to create. And, you know, there's a lot of books like good to great, got to get the right people on the bus. But I think the first step is you have to identify what is it that you even want to create. Yeah. And when that vision of what you want to create is compelling enough and inspiring enough, it is going to be so magnetic and so attractive to so many people that you can afford that mindset of don't hold on too tight because the right people will be just, they'll just gravitate to you and that vision that you have. And they'll find where their own vision fits in on that path and they'll run with you. And it just is such a dynamic environment that people can create, but very few do. And it's just so inspiring to hear you talk about it. I get fired up just thinking about it. I appreciate that. Fires me up. Yeah. Amazing. Just such great stuff, man. Such great stuff. Dane has told me, Alex, that you are really great at building and sustaining habits. Talk to us about that. What are some of the keystone habits in your work or in your life? I studied habits in the fall of 2020. So when I made the decision to leave college, it wasn't because I don't think college is worth it. I just didn't think at that time it was worth it for me. And so that investment of my time, I decided to stay home. It was during COVID. And I I sold a bunch of Cutco. I saved money. I worked with Dane. I learned from him. And I also decided, okay, this fall, I'm going to study the science of habits. And so Mm. I did for an entire fall. I read and studied. So not just read, but I studied the books. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, High Performance Habits, Power of Habit, Atomic Habits, and Compound Effect, which I think was my favorite one. I wonder if this stuff was more valuable than the stuff that your former classmates were reading at school. I don't remember anything. (laughs) I don't remember anything I learned the semester before that. So yeah, I I stay I was in my parents' basement the entire fall and I just I read these books. I I listened to the audios, I listened again. And that fall I learned how important habits are in somebody's life. And I learned that this is James Clear, but with planning, planning requires big thinking. I read 10X Rule, Grant Cardone that fall also. And planning requires big thinking. But what is also required is really small 1% daily changes. And so planning, think big, but actions need to be small. And James Clear, if you've read the book Atomic Habits, you know the whole like 1% better every day is 365 times or, or whatever. But really, it's, it's true. I have had a one day or one page a day reading habit for... Let me look at my habit app on my phone. All right here. I've had a one page a day reading habit for 587 days. And what I hope most people realize is if I'm sitting down to read one page, it's almost never one page. I've read 20, 30 books. A lot of books I read multiple times, like How to Win Friends and Influence People and The Happiness Advantage and Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, Psychology of Money. I've read those books two, three, four times. It depends what season I'm in in my life. But it all started with a one-page-a-day habit. And Holton Horn actually told me to do that. Me and him had a Zoom call in January of 2022. And so I think with habits, good habits are great. But the ones that are actually harming people are the bad habits that they don't recognize. And so when I was having conversations with people at the beginning of this like habit study journey. I remember there's a guy on our sales team and I'll say his name, Frankie, because Frankie played a huge role in my life and my book. I got to give Frankie a shout out because uh, Frankie's a, you know, played a big role in my life for a long time. We had a conversation, me and Frankie, a rep on our team. So I'm supposed to be his mentor. And he said, Alex, I don't think I have any bad habits. And I said, 
you might not. I said, let's just walk through your morning, Frankie. What do you walk me when you wake up? What happens? He said, well, I wake up, I snooze my alarm, I grab my phone, I scroll through TikTok, then I get up five minutes before class, brush my teeth, walk to class, start my day. I said, Frankie, you just set, you just listed like eight habits. Snooze alarm, TikTok, brushing teeth, walking to class. Those are habits. So I think it's identifying the habits are so unconscious that most people don't recognize what they're even doing. And I read a study or I heard a study once that 80% of our thoughts on a day-to-day basis are negative thoughts. And 95% of our thoughts are repetitive. And so if somebody has bad habits, it's usually unconscious and it's just cycles. It's over and over and over and over and over. Mm. And so those are the habits that I think I mastered first. It was stop biting my fingernails. It was saying swear words was something. Anyone who's worked close with me for a while, there was a stage of my Cutco career where it was like no curse words from funk. Like it wasn't going to happen. And so it was like all these little things that I was like, oh, that's that's subconscious. And I want to try to get that out. That was the first step when it came to habits. But habits, it's something I studied for a long time, standards, environment, routines, like it all kind of goes under that banner that success, this is one of my favorite quotes, and I'm going to paraphrase it, paraphrase it, but success is not an act. It's a daily habit. And it's something that's practiced every single day. And so the faster that I could turn positive actions into subconscious habits, my life was bound to become great. And so that's something that I want to challenge to anybody is identify what is a habit you'd like to have, break that down a little bit, what are the actions required of that? And don't start with, I want a daily habit of drinking a gallon of water. Start with three days a week. Can you drink a gallon of water? Can you have a standard for four weeks that you drink a gallon of water three times in a week? And it's just starting small, like James Clear says. It's 1% changes. It's thinking big, but then zooming in to say, what are the little tiny things that I can change and adjust? And where are the biggest areas of opportunity for me? And what are the small things within that? Excellent. Thinking big, acting small, that thought, it's James Clear. It's also the one thing. There's so many different places where that concept has come out. And I think it's one of the most important things people can consider when they think about evolving their habits, because trying to evolve from where you are now to where you want to be a year from now or five years from now is sometimes incredibly overwhelming. It's just like any goal that we want to set. If a rep were to try to think about, you know, how can I sell $200,000 $200,000 this year, and they're you know, a relatively new person, it's just like really hard to even wrap your mind around. But if you just start thinking about, right, how can I progress this week? How can I achieve my goals this week? What can I do today? These are things that people can see being able to accomplish. And through accomplishing those small things over and over again, the much bigger things come into your vision and become clearer and clearer and clearer as you get closer to them until eventually you actually are doing them. So uh, really, really powerful, amazing stuff, Alex. I love it. You have uh, parlayed your results in Vector into some really outstanding financial success at a young age. I heard about this a little bit. Just give us the brief rundown of some of your financial success and some of your strategies. Yeah, I will say I take as much pride in the financial success as anything else, because a couple of things, I haven't earned crazy income to create this. And so I think when I go home and I'm around some of my like, you know, small town friends and they're like, Oh, Cutco, you know, you're, you making a million dollars yet and stuff like that. And I think something that gets lost in conversation for 14 months, I took a almost like an apprenticeship opportunity to learn from Dane I haven't earned crazy income to create these results. I've learned, one, the game of money, and two, I've pulled out a ton of self-sabotaging, limiting beliefs, money myths, things that got passed down to me from from the environment I grew up in and the, the conversations I heard. And so I've done a lot of work on my beliefs around money and read a lot of books and listened to a lot of podcasts and done therapy around it even because... For a lot of my life, I you know heard rich people are bad and rich people step on small people and all the things that a lot of people hear, but they hear them because 
they're hearing them from people that aren't rich. And so that is something that for being from a small town, I do take a lot of pride in being able to buy a couple of houses and and learn a little bit about the game of real estate investing and being able to say that I've lived for free for three years and haven't paid rent and have built almost $100,000 of equity in my first home in the past couple of years. And so how the path to the financial success started was at a leadership academy with Cutco. It was in the fall of 2019. Dane mentioned the Bigger Pockets podcast. So it's real estate investing podcast. And like a true builder CVI, I listened to like a hundred episodes while I was working out, driving to school, walking around campus. And I just learned the language and I learned what equity meant. I learned what cash flow meant. And I just studied this podcast for an entire semester, basically. I can think of times I was in class with my AirPods in listening to bigger pockets. Like so <laughs> because I was I had so much understanding of real estate investing from doing that. By the next January, I found the book House Hacking Strategy. It was a bigger pockets book by Craig Kirlop. I read the book start to finish and I started a house hunt. I posted on bigger pockets forums Hey, I'm in Mankato looking for a realtor in the area that'll help me out. I'm 19 years old. I don't really have money saved, but I'm looking to whatever. Zero responses. I started individually messaging realtor after realtor after realtor. One guy, Nick Nathy, he took me under his wing. While I was going to school, we met up for coffee a few times and he taught me about the game a little bit. And then as I was going to purchase my first house, COVID hit. So it was March of 2020. Started my branch office and it was like, okay, I'll just... I'll come back to this. And so that fall, fall of 2020, as I was learning habits and whatnot, and this this is all during the pandemic. So while a lot of, I didn't watch Tiger King because I was too busy trying to learn how to buy a house, you know? So that fall, I got into my first house. I had random roommates for seven months. So I house hacked it, lived for free. And that was a season of my life I look back on with a lot of gratitude because what COVID did for me was it moved me home where I got to run my branch virtually from home. It took me out of an environment that wasn't necessarily bringing me to greatness. And it put me home where I could just be with myself and learn and study things. And then when I bought my house and had random roommates for seven months, that was a season where I was lonely a lot. Uh, It was when I took over as pilot with Dane. But I think the lesson for any young entrepreneur or really any, any young person or any person in general is that that separation season of life can be the biggest foster of growth that you would never expect or you could never see. And that's what it was for me. I was able to buy, get into another house just one year later. I have to give a shout out to Jenny Locke because she was on this podcast. Jenny was one of my first real estate mentors. I got connected to her through Mike Chu and his community, which I met a ton of other real estate investing people that have taught me a ton. And so yeah, we we have a full-time Airbnb. I do that. I have that with my mom, which has been a really cool project with my mom just to uh, be able to reconnect with her. We now turned it over uh, to an ex-Cutco mentor of mine, Sebastian Seabass. And so his team is running it right now, which means I'm not even doing any work and we're having great profit months. And so... Yeah, that's a game I'm just trying to learn in, in my free time. It's not my main focus, Cutco, building my district and uh, all of those things. Like That's where my focus goes. But to have that on the side and have conversations and learn about that has been awesome. Um, it's been you know, a vehicle for me to say that, Dan, I haven't worried about money. I haven't even really thought about money and worried about it since I was turning 19 years old. And I don't think a lot of you know college students or college graduates can say that. And I say that with pride because I've I've put in the work. Like I've put in the work of grinding to make money, but I've also put in the work of learning the game of money, reading books, studying tax laws, having conversations, working with therapists. Like I've put in the time, I've listened to 10,000 hours of podcasts. Like I feel that I deserve it because I've I've worked for it mentally and all of those things. Yeah. Incredible. So you purchased your first property that you live in and you rent, and that's enabled you to live rent-free. And then you purchased the second property, which is now an Airbnb, and you're making about a thousand bucks a month, completely passive, no work on your part to be able to do that. 
right? Yeah. Now I, we don't do anything with the Airbnb. So it is a hundred percent passive. Yeah. Um, great. Yeah. That's such a great start at such a young age. And you've done this, you said, without having any like crazy income years, although this year you're going to have a pretty dang good income year. And with seven to 10 managers going out next year, we talked about how you might be able to go after some of the biggest district manager earnings that the company has ever seen. I'm pretty sure that uh, one of my district managers that I had in the Bay Area named Carl Gedris might still hold the DM. 1099 record. It was north of 400,000. So I don't know, maybe 432 or 419 or something. I don't know. Somewhere in that range is what I remember that Carl got. And uh, dude, that's in play for you in the near future. Yeah. What I love about that is some people might hear that and be like, that's crazy or, or whatever. But I've been working to learn the skills and the game. And I study all the, all the vector greats. And I've been grinding at this since, you know, early 2020, late 2019. And anyone who knows me, you know, I hope they would say like, I'm like the lunch pail guy in a football team. I'm the first one in the office. I'm the last one out. I turn the lights off. And so now getting to a place where I get to have a little bit more time freedom, it just allows me to cross off more dreams and to be able to bring more people with me and to be able to do things with the income. And, you know, it's been really exciting. I'm excited for what's to come and I'm excited to just, you know, keep building. Yeah. What are some of your biggest dreams now, Alex? My biggest dream is to own the Minnesota Vikings. I already mentioned that. I feel like I have a pretty clear roadmap to get there. Really sports owners, they don't usually buy the teams till they're like 60 or 70. So I have a, I have a long runway here. Like I yeah. can, I can create that, but Right now, my biggest mission is I want to spread the dreams list stuff as much as possible. When I started training for my marathon in the fall of 2020, which COVID pandemic, I was like, I need a challenge after my branch ended. And I, again, I left college that fall. So I was like, I'm going to run a marathon because it was on my dreams list. So I decided I'll just go for it. I'd never run more than a mile before. So anyone who's a long distance runner, you know, the training is as hard as the actual race. Like training for this marathon was to this day, I'd say it was probably the biggest mental battle I've ever fought because those are long runs. Like that's a lot of time. And especially if somebody isn't used to meditating, like being with themselves, that's a, that is a battle. So as I'm training for this marathon, I am picking up all these lessons. And so I told Colton Horn, I said, I'm going to write a book with a lesson per week. And I was like, I can't quit my training if I'm in the, if I use this to write a book, I was like, it's perfect. 21 weeks of training, seven chapters per section. I'm going to, every week I sat down and I did this. I journaled all the lessons from that week of training. And so after I finished the marathon, I had a journal of all these lessons. And as I was on a flight to Hawaii, so Oahu in March of 2021, I is like a nine hour flight, I think. I took all the lessons and I funneled it into this outline of a book. And I was like, this is awesome. I was like, this is going to be a good book. I was like, everyone's going to get these lessons and yada, yada. So when Dane wrote his book in fall of 2021, I'm like, I'm going to do what Dane's doing. I'm going to write a book too. I have the book already. Like Dane, what's the company? What do I got to do as a builder? Again, I'm just like action, action, action. So I paid Scribe Media uh, who helped have helped some Cutco people write books, including Dane. And I, I flew to Austin, August of 2022. And when I got there with my book, what I was going to title 26.2, they helped me kind of understand what books sell. And not that I'm trying to sell a lot of books or like make this an income thing, but in order for someone to read a book, they have to buy a book first. So they helped me kind of understand like what books sell and a book about my treadmill marathon experience probably couldn't do the impact that I'd like it to do. So they helped me kind of reframe, okay, maybe not a book about your treadmill marathon, but how about the lessons? Who are you writing it for? And I started writing a different book with the help of Mike Monroe. A lot of people don't know, Mike Monroe has actually been one of my greatest mentors for the past couple of years. We've had a lot of like one hour Zoom calls together. And so Mike helped me take this idea of significance, small town, Life's about thriving, not surviving. It's not about how much money, like these lessons. 
And so I had this book idea with Mike Monroe. I had my treadmill marathon skills experience. And then as I was doing some reflecting, I was on a walk in the winter. I, I was halfway through 75 hard. It came in my head. I'm like, I have to write a book about the dreams list. I, I have to take the beginning of the book is now the life's about thriving, not surviving. It's not about how much money. It's not about how much time helping people learn about the stranger's secret. That's the, that's the first section of the book. The middle of the book is how to build a dreams list and then not just how to build it, but then how to implement the action steps. So like sitting down to plan it and the tools. And then the third section of the book is a very condensed version of all the lessons from my treadmill marathon that are just life lessons, time management, energy management, celebrating accomplishments when they happen. So now I have this, this three-part book that I'm really excited about because I know the impact that that can have on people. I hope someday me and Dane can combine the dream stuff together and maybe have an awesome business or something out of it too. Cause I know his book, uh, dream machine, and he's obviously been instrumental with the dream stuff for me, but I am really excited to help more people see life for what it could be approach life with intentionality, how to live by design and, and how to create a life that they don't need to escape from because life is short. And I think people who are looking at life like a chore are kind of missing it, are missing the point. And I am really excited to make an impact with that. So my district, they all have dreams lists and we talk about that and we talk about those skills. But yeah, I'm excited to continue to give value because one of the things I do take a lot of pride on my YouTube channel and my lessons and I try to like guest speak on people's team meetings and stuff like that because I have learned from my coach, Mike Chu, I learned that the law of reciprocity is very real. If you can give value, give value, give value, give value, it'll come back. It always comes back. It comes back for me all the time. And I don't have any type of motive with my videos I put out and things like that. I'm just trying to give value. And I have been able to take value from so many Cutco and Vector legends from videos and audios and conversations that it's my duty. Like I, I have to funnel this back. And so that's kind of like the dreams I'm chasing right now, but also just things I'm, you know, super passionate about in, in this season. You can put me down for at least a hundred copies when the book comes out, Alex. All right. <laughs> maybe, maybe more. We'll see. I appreciate I look forward that. to it. I look forward to it. I look forward to it, man. It's just uh, so much great stuff today. This has been super fantastic. Thank you so much for adding so much value to our audience here. Uh, your success is a tremendous, tremendous example of what the Vector Opportunity can be and what life can be for so many amazing young people who are probably listening to this right now. And I'm very grateful that uh, we took the time to get together for this, man. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me on, Dan. And, and just to the audience, dream big pursue bigger, but also take the time to be very intentional. And yeah, Dan, I appreciate you having me on. This was a dream on my dreams list and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Alex Funk. Wow. I got to say, I could think of no greater reflection of the kind of leader that is being developed in the Cutco Vector Marketing Organization than what you just heard who you just heard from right there in this interview. Alex is an amazing young person who is learning to live with intentionality in his life. And big shout out to Dane Espigard for all the work that you have done in helping to develop this young leader, this great young leader. But as I've said very often, having a great mentor is key, but mentees are the ones that have to actually go do the work that the mentor is teaching and Alex has been the lunch pail guy, as he said, who is working hard every day in the pursuit of these great visions and dreams that he has in his life. He said that the currency of life is time. Think about that and the ways that you spend your time and are you spending time in the pursuit of things that are truly meaningful. I love how he's built a team where the vision is around we, where it's something that's bigger than Cutco, the importance of habits and small daily actions that move us in the right direction. Of course, Alex is also using his financial success 
in a positive way, not just earning and spending, but earning, saving, investing, accumulating. And he's someone who is helping more people see life for what it could be. Alex, this was great. I hope all of you listeners have really enjoyed this one. It's probably one that's worth listening to a couple times and thinking about all the things that you can actually implement from what Alex shared today, because there was a lot of gold nuggets in this conversation. All right, everybody. See you next time. Thanks for listening. If you got value from today's episode, please share it with others and consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player. Subscribing to the podcast is free and ensures that future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. And to support our podcast sponsors, visit changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.